there, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Uh, I'm Mike Jadarkson Verard, and today we are playing a game. So uh, if you've come to listen for a game, this is the right spot, uh, virtually speaking. Uh, I hope this evening finds you well. Uh, we are playing a little game called uh, Vampire the Masquerade. And with me is uh, our, I think the phrase they use is cotier. Um, but this are, it's all regulars. You should recognize all these people. Um, and uh, why don't we introduce ourselves in, uh, I guess, Discorder, Discord order. I guess that'd be David going first. Hello, I am David. He, him pronouns. My character also uses he, him pronouns. Um, should I just give my name or... How, what should we do for our characters? Yeah, I, that would have been excellent information. To <laughs> yeah, just uh, so uh, the the most defining characteristics would probably be you know your character's name, maybe a clan, uh, and like oh shit, I have a whole bunch of interesting things that I'm gonna include later. But uh, how about uh, just like one interesting thing about your character? Not necessarily the not the necessarily defining trait, but okay. a defining okay. trait. Sure. Um. So my character's name is uh, Tyree Costa. He is a Tremere, um, and he was recruited because he is interested in preserving history uh, through, you know, computers and, like, 3D modeling, scanning stuff. Hey, um, hi, I'm Adam. Uh, my character vampire is Carlos Mendez, who is from the Nakata clan, and he was running a podcast all about death and other weird folk tales and myths and urban legends and stuff like that before and maybe after he was turned. Uh, hi, I am Jonathan, he, him pronouns. Uh, I'm playing Javad Devani, who is, you know, of course, because this is the game, a blood-sucking monster, and, you know, he's also a vampire, because, um, you know, he's a lawyer. Um, actually, just he's a member of the Bunny Hakeem, and I describe him as a law geek. I guess that leaves me. Hi, I'm Zach, uh, he, him pronouns. I am playing Mila, she, her pronouns, because I like to be confusing. Uh, she is a, uh, Bruja, newly minted, uh, and one of the last of her kind in the city because things went weird in Prague. Yeah. Okay. So, um, our, our little troop, uh, I don't remember these, all these words. I'm new to running Vampire the Masquerade. Um, I've played a few video games, uh, about it, <laughs> uh, including the awesome Night Road. You should check that out if you haven't. Uh, so I am going to stumble a few times. I'm going to say, make the wrong words. I am going to make mistakes, and we're all going to be okay with. All right, I'm going to be okay with that. Y'all can <laughs> call me out for it if you want. Yeah, and like we might want to just signpost this here is that you know, as far as meta plot and massive uh, orders of canon and all that things, I don't think we know and don't really care. I'm sorry, it yes. just breaks your heart. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely gonna get stuff wrong. Um, I I did pull a couple of character names from this uh, this ill-fated Bloodlines Two game. Um, Aww, how you've made me sad. <laughs> yeah. 
but that's that's the joke of the of the campaign name that we have in Rule Twenty, which is called Fangs and Failures. Oh, so all these characters that I pulled are failures from a game that probably will never happen. All right, now that I've made myself laugh, uh, so we're gonna jump into um, what I uh, so I like to start in media res. Um, what that means is in the middle of things. Uh, so we're going to start with what a typical night might look like uh, for you four. Uh, and as soon as we establish what that is, we'll mess it all up. So like what uh, do we actually, is there a thing that you, do we even know what your typical nights might look like? Is that way harder of a reach than it sounds? Hmm. Yeah. Cause this is our first, first session. The characters I haven't been established yet in our heads, or maybe they have, I don't know. Well. Let's talk about the doc. All right, Jonathan, why don't you go? So, like, my first question is, like, is it feeding time? Because, um, like, my picture here is, like, Javad doesn't, like, do it every night, as far as, you know, he can, um, with the way hunger works and all of that, is that, you know, he doesn't do it promiscuously. Let me put it that way. So, but like, do we want to say that that's the kind of night that this is? I mean, so I think that would reveal a lot about our characters, but we also might just want to know what we do on a boring, you know, Thursday night. Yeah. What What is the sort of thing that you'd be doing on a boring Thursday night? Ah, uh, so like, I'm probably doing a bunch of paperwork in a really sad way. Um... I might actually be on some phone calls with people in various other time zones, basically doing my fake job. That's sort of a real job of, you know, an import export broker and, um, kind of, I mean, that'd be like the early portion of the night, I guess. Um, what the heck do you do after that? Maybe trying to go and be social in like the local asylum. I don't even know if that's a, yeah, yeah. So, the uh, the stomping grounds of of y'all is a uh, this uh, this this whatever it is this troop this thing this codier takes place in Seattle. We picked Seattle because uh, I've been to Seattle a lot. I like Seattle, and there was a particular image of Harbor Island that uh, is kind of picked. I'm not sure the Harbor Island, but the um, the harbor area um, of Seattle of all these giant shipping containers and sort of place you can get lost in and. Uh, like a little maze hole thing down there in the industrial district. But, uh, so that's kind of, that's where y'all's general stomping grounds are a fictionalized version of that part of Seattle. Uh, and it's a typical Seattle night, which is to say just a little drizzly. Uh, and Jonathan is taking, is doing zoom calls, I guess. Yeah. So like I'm going through and do that. And then like, I say, um, at, at the end of that to have something actually happen, I go actually greet a ship coming in, and um, just arrange for some special cargo to make sure it's properly handled. Can I make an odd suggestion? Sure. Um, so I was trying to get some characters uh, thrown together for this thing. Um, and how about, is there is there a character that I can introduce as somebody who knows you? Yeah, yeah. So I've been horrible and not done the proper things about uh, setting up the web um, like I'm supposed to, but I am a bad person. Um, yeah, I'm going to say, why don't, we, why don't we just play right into it and say one of the uh, local heads of the Longshoremen Union. Local heads of the Longshoremen Union. Okay. 
Uh, can this guy be a guy that you've? Can this guy be a guy that you helped in the past? Maybe you helped get this job. Yep. Yep. Because I'm, I'm thinking that this could this guy be like somebody that you uh, like an ex soldier sort of thing, or like ex military guy that. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, that's like actually a great way to orders and you helped yeah, out. make them around here. Um. Yeah, and like I'm gonna say that that grew a little bit from like me helping him with his uh, uh, immigration status and stuff like that. And I've just become a resource for the local longshoremen, you know, like it's not really my area of expertise, but I, I show up sometimes and like, hi, I'm their lawyer. Right. You know, and like, here's a letter on my letter for, for my law firm um, and that kind of thing. Right. And in return, you know, sometimes some packages get special attention when they come in. Yeah. And this guy's got some, uh, so much of a call, some loyalty towards you just for, for debts owed. And yeah. for helping him out where he felt like he had, he didn't where he needed it, uh, we'll call this guy Rouse until I get a better name for him. But like, he's kind of taciturn, right? He doesn't talk a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Kind of that, kind of that ultimately stoic type or that, that internally stoic type. Maybe just doesn't just feel comfortable with words. I don't know. Maybe no, that's not right. He talks to you, but not to a whole lot of other people. Yeah. Yes. He's. I suspect that um, he is careful about giving offense and like cultural misunderstandings, whereas it's less of an issue with us because we come from the same background. Do you perhaps share a non-English language? I don't think so. I was just realizing that timing-wise, he's probably from Afghanistan. Um, okay. Whereas, you know, I speak Farsi. Yeah. So. So no, but <laughs> anyway. All right, uh, I will come up with a better name for this person later then, because this. Um, so yeah, so, uh, you are you're out to pick up a package. Uh, Rawson said that she's got a, that he's got a delivery for you. It was for you specifically, like using that you know, mm-hmm. uh, whatever whatever metaphor uh, system that you use for saying. Mm-hmm. And it's uh it's out in the docks. It's a uh, it's out past. It's still on on the island but it's out past uh you know kind of deep into the uh the the, the storage crates and what are they called uh the containers the store the big old containers yeah uh, and that that place kind of feels like a maze um and you know when you're wandering through that area it's always got that kind of vague sense that uh the containers aren't always where where they were the last time you were through here mm-hmm like, uh, they never seem to move, but they're also never in the same place. Uh, Rouse is waiting in the back for you, and he's got <laughs> he's got a box on a uh, one of those uh, things that the uh, UPS guys use, the uh, the shipping folks, where the where the, the two wheels in the back and it tilts back. I don't even know what things called it right now. Hand cart. I've always called them a yeah. Yes, hand cart or a thank dolly. you. A hand cart. He's got a four-wheeled handcart with a long crate sitting on it. So uh, came for you. Oh, so kind of you to pull it aside. Thank you. Any issues? Nope. None. Uh, none of the usual concerns. Good. Makes me happy to hear. Uh, do I have to sign something? <laughs> uh, yeah. No. <laughs> 
Uh, how's the wife? Uh, busy. Hmm. Yes, I I understand. I uh, so many things to do. Now I should get this where it needs to go. Thank you once again. There's a. Uh... There were uh, there were some people sniffing around earlier. What sort of people? I uh, didn't recognize them. Hmm. Wow. Didn't didn't seem local. Okay. What, um. So like around dock twelve, you said. Let's see if I can find something out. I don't know. I'm making up one. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. It's a bad feeling. Well, you watch out for yourself. And thank you for the heads up. I'll find out what's happening with this. Yeah, Ralston nods. And like, uh, has one of those moments where like he looks like he's going to say more and then doesn't. Uh, and leaves the handcart with you. And mm-hmm. you know, kind of puts his hands back in the overstuffed jacket with his, uh, his cap on. Kind of turns his back and walks off into the, the drizzle. Yeah, okay. So... Do, do you know what this is? Like, is this a thing you were expecting or is this totally unexpected? I think I expected a shipment, but I have kind of intentionally not found out the specifics. It's, it is a big ass long box. Yep. Um, I'm going to say that like, it's probably not mortal contraband. Um, like I don't tend to deal too much in that sort of thing. It, the contraband I deal in is for, People of, you know, supernatural aspects and just generally I don't mess with it. It's like we talked about that as kind of a history thing with the quartery. Quartery. Yeah. Whatever. And I'm trying to get it going again, but I don't have as much of a background as the previous people did. So. Yeah. Uh, and this is this is the sort of box that you might have seen before from uh, like uh, one of those heavy duty boxes that's reinforced along the sides. Um, it might have antiquities in it. Uh, it might have... Um, you know, uh, some, something cast in like, you know, it's a big heavy box that needs this, this hand cart to be wheeled around. <laughs> Probably like eight by four by or eight by three by three, something. Yep. Yeah. All right. Big. I will make sure that gets under lock and key. All right. And when you, uh, when you touch the hand cart, uh, there is a, a piercing wail that seems to come from uh, from below the ground. But it's not like, yeah. Okay. It seems to come from everywhere, uh, but also nowhere at the same time. All right. So I'm going to use Sense the Unseen, um, which is your basic off-sex power, to see magic shit. Uh, sensibly. <laughs> um, I don't know how you want to resolve that, and partly because I have very little idea how the game actually works. But so I think f- when you activate powers, um, some of them will have a rouse check. Yeah, I don't think this does. Okay. Um, that I've been noting on some of the other stuff I have. Zach, do you uh, have? I, I'm going to assume that you have all the information, just because. <laughs> yeah. I agree. What is it we need here? Sense the unseen, uh, I believe. Yeah, it's, it's aspects level one. Okay, I've got it here. Cost free. 
So, system, whenever there's something supernatural hiding in plain sight, you can make a hidden roll. Um, and then if I'm actually, like, looking, it is a resolve plus aspects for me, which I think should still probably be a hidden roll, but I don't know. But it is, it's effectively vampire detect magic. Yeah. Um, it's also yeah. the direct counter to obfuscate. I don't, I don't really want to do hidden roll. I'd rather have you roll dice because it's more fun for you. That's fine with me. Yeah. Uh, I think... Zach, what's the, you said there was a page with difficulties on it. I'm just going to make shit up while in the meantime, so go ahead and roll, Jonathan. Yeah, that's cool. I'm trying to make sure if the, the sheet's actually going to do it for me. Oh, wait. Nope, that was a rouse check. Of course, I succeeded, even though I didn't need to. Did you write down a discipline for aspects? Modifiers. On your character sheet? Uh, discipline? Um, on your... Sorry, do you mean a power for aspects? If you, no, just on your main page, there's disciplines you can write down, and you can just select the oh, things. yeah. The trait plus whatever. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, just resolve plus dis the discipline. Yay. Okay. Okay, so, um, and you're always supposed to roll a hunger die, right? So you rolled a hunger die, it came up six, which is a success... I'm sorry, no, ahead. so the the rouse check was in, in unintentional. It okay. was successful. Um, that was my waking up rouse check. Yeah, that was totally a thing. Anyway, um, wow, why is it only two? Oh, okay. So yeah, when you roll dice, um, your current hunger replaces one of the dice. And um, if the hunger die is the only success, or if it gets critical successes, it does weird things. And basically you go crazy vampire-y. Like, um, I don't think that's the issue in this case. I got one normal success and one hunger success. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 something that uh yeah, something straightforward. So, um the unseen. Cuz I think that the way this works is yeah, okay. So, um well, you kind of open yourself up to um the dimension beyond the mundane, something mm -hmm. beyond the naked eye. Uh, and y'all have a little bit of a of a sense of, of these things having lived here for a bit, um, but you've never seen it happen like this before. Uh, you something has triggered, or something has really pissed off uh, the thing that lives under the uh, around you here. The uh, what's the what's the thing we had? What's it called? What's it called? <laughs> background. Really curious what the noun is here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So something has um, disrupted the warding um, that oh, exists here. Oh, that's right. And, I forgot. We're haunted yeah. and spooky. <laughs> uh, right. and, and this is its way of explaining to you that there's a problem. Um, it's just, it's a deafening, ear-splitting shriek. Uh, as if the ground itself was like uh, was tearing was a, the t sound of tearing metal coming from underneath the ground and all around you. Uh, you do see um, Rousen continue to walk away as if nothing is happening. All right. Okay. So I think our, our, our crazy ghost roommate is pissed off. All right. We are going to swap over to, um, we'll continue going down this chain here. Zach, what, what is your typical thing going on? I'm 
almost certainly uh, doing some sort of vampire cop stuff. Like, I'm thinking, like, some dumbass neonate has been, like, skirting masquerade violations somewhere based on their feeding habits or something. And oh, so I, so this, there's this kid. Uh, you should call him a kid, but he he might be might as well be older than you. But he's continually causing causing trouble by doing the absolutely heinous thing of rousing, uh, talking to all the homeless people uh, in this one area. He gets them all round up on the bridge and talks to them about how you know they deserve to be seen and they deserve to be treated well and respectful. All right, have people talk to them, you know, or have, they deserve to be treated like people. And this is. This is awful because a lot of the vampires in the area to use the indigenous population or the transient population mm, as yeah. food. Uh, and this is not the first time that your sire has asked you to co-ask this kid to nicely ask him to fuck off before he pisses off someone and can't take it back. Okay. Uh, what clan is this person? He is a clanless. He's a cast cast off. Ktif. All right, and uh, and you suspect that he's not uh, not on the same team. Okay, okay, uh, yeah, I will roll up to his bridge, uh, and I'm gonna kick my presence power into gear. Um, I have let me pull this up so I'm actually saying the right words at the right time. Um, I have uh, daunt. Which basically just makes me really, really, really scary. And specifically, I'm just going to like try to passively scare away all these homeless people so me and this person can have a conversation. Yeah, and um, I don't think you had a roll for Daunt, do you? I uh, No, it adds to like intimidation rolls if that's what I want to do. But if you want me to roll intimidation, I totally can. Nah, well, I mean, let's go ahead and... Um... Yeah, let's just go ahead and roll it just to have have some some fun dice rolls here. Okay. Uh, so it looks like presence to intimidation. Oh wait, attacking the user requires a resolve composure roll difficulty two. Yeah, so I can add yeah. presence to intimidation. Um, what's my? I'm rolling intimidation with composure. Manipulation. What's the? Well, I mean, let's do composure, right? Because it's this is like a calm. Yeah. Get the hell out, as opposed to, yeah. All right, I get one from print presence. Okay. Wait, why did it roll streetwise? <laughs> <laughs> that was wrong. It'll be the same value. They're both three, so. Okay. All right, it's like three successes, yeah. So, um. Yeah, so I, I, I materialize out of the darkness, striding towards this bridge at a, in a, at a calm pace. But radiating, if not malice, then at least an authority that these people do not want to deal with right now. Yeah, it's under the under the ninety nine though the highway that runs along uh, the waterway here, um, not not super far from Terminal Thirty. Uh, what do you what do you what do you do? You drive? Do you have a bike? Do you have a car? Do you just walk? Do you meld with the shadows? I think I do have a car, and I might drive it just to keep up appearances, right? Like. I'm totally a human person that needs a vehicle. So yeah, I like pull up in my 
uh, maybe even like Camarilla paid for, like not quite a cop SUV, right? Yeah. With like super tinted windows, full on black, the cow catcher on the front, you know, the whole deal. Yeah, well, very intimidating, very unwelcoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's the, the sound of the engine, even uh, as you pull up, seems to send uh, some of the people that had flocked to this kid. Uh, you start trickling away in ones and twos by the time your boots are on the ground. Yeah. Um, I leave the headlights on, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. Get, get some backlighting. Right. So you've got this, uh, it's very much a, uh, like almost like a stage play at this point mm-hmm. where, this, where this, per- this kid's got his back to the, uh, the overpass, like the, one of the, the big beams that hold up the 99 and, uh, uh, and he's watching his, his little flock. He's got a, like a soapbox sort of thing stuff and he's watching his flock just kind of drift off as, as you walk up to him. What? Listen, kid, I'm not here to hurt you, but this may be the last time. That's true. We told you about organizing the herd. Look, I, uh, it's, we, we all got to feed in our ways. I understand that y'all have, uh, think that it's okay to feed from these people, but it's not. It's real, real, real lukewarm, kind of like trying to be defensive mm-hmm. and clearly terrified. Look, I don't know what you're trying to do here. I don't care if you have some homeless colts in a warehouse somewhere. But you keep if you keep having your little sermons under this bridge, you're going to attract attention from more than just me, and they're going to ask me to deal with it. I would prefer not to do that. And I'll be like... Adjusting my jacket somewhat non-threateningly. Like, I'm not trying to, like, get all up in this kid's grill, but, like, no. This has to stop. I'm definitely invading his personal space. And I am imagining, like, uh, Mila's not a terribly large person slash not person anymore. Uh, But I'm imagining that I'm, like, getting up in his personal space in a way that's deeply uncomfortable because he knows what I can probably do. Yeah, uh, and this kid does not really want any part of that. No. If you keep, if I have to come out here again, there's gonna be some kind of trouble, and I don't know what kind. But I don't think you're gonna like it. We can't be having this. We can't be. Can't be doing this in public and attracting so many people or so many so many heard. At once. All right. I mean, you do what you have to to live with yourself. I'll do what I have to live with mine. We're not alive anymore, pal. That's that's what the folks who've given up us think. Some of us are trying, just trying to make it through the night. Do you need a ride? Now walk. Like real petulantly, and the kid starts walking off. Uh southbound okay i will light a cigarette act like i'm not a weirdo out in the middle of the night doing this sort of thing and just make sure he walks out of sight yeah he keeps walking um yeah 
I mean, you don't know where he's gonna, where he thinks he's going at a walking pace uh, uh, in the industrial district. But uh, wherever he's going, he's making his way there. All right. Um, I guess that that's the point where I like check my phone to see if I've got a text of somebody else I have to roust. Yeah. Yeah, you've got uh you've got a message from somebody, but it's not uh so do you like who who do you have contacts with? Like sort of sort of sort of people do you have local contacts with? Uh like people people or like vampire people? Uh people people. Mostly criminals. Mostly criminals. Um, I have criminals and family, basically. Are these uh like connected criminals or are these like um street level criminals? I think they're mostly street-level criminals. We're talking, like, the kind of people I probably buy my hardware off of and that kind of thing. Like, not not narcotics criminals or, like, cartel criminals, but, like, the guy who drives guns in from Idaho. Those kind of criminals. Okay. Uh, do they? Are you the sort of person they come to with problems? Or are, they, or are you the sort of person they hide problems from? I can imagine, uh, especially because I'm so new as a vampire, that I probably have people I've helped to some one degree or another. Probably not for, like, free or out of the goodness of my heart, necessarily, but especially if they're criminals. But, yeah, they probably, if they need something solved, they can probably, they, there are probably at least a few that are comfortable coming to me to do that. Okay. Uh, and do you have like an expensive gun habit or something? You said your hardware. Well, I'm, uh, kind of a PMC, kind of a military contractor or was. And so, yeah, I like, I like my guns. Okay. Uh, they're not super useful anymore, but I still like them. (laughs) Okay. Uh, yeah, you've got a text from a guy named Jake that, um, likes to supply you with, um, kind of like. Uh, not necessarily rare or hard to find, but rare and hard to find with the right history attached to it. Okay. Okay. Like historical, like, like, okay. All right. Um, all right. Uh, is there any sort of indication of what he needs? Or am I just meeting him at the regular spot? Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, the Jake says that, um, uh, he's run into a snag and would like to chat when you have the time, which is, uh, sounds cool and all, but is the equivalent, this is the equivalent of Jake, you know, mm-hmm. shitting himself. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm imagining we have like a place, if not on the docks and at least like by the shore somewhere where we can do the, where we usually do the, like super cinematic weapon handoff thing. We'll go, we'll go <laughs> yeah. meet there. There's an old rail yard, not too far from here. Okay. Um, but, uh, as you go to get your car, uh, you hear the echoes of some sort of God awful scream coming from the Island. Fuck. Um, I pull out my phone and I call Javon. All right. Uh, we're going to flip over to David. All right. All right, so David, what are you what are you going to be doing on your typical uh, boring Thursday nights? Uh, it's not a great, it's not exactly uh, stargazing weather, but um, it's a it's the perfect night to uh, to curl up with 
some sort of research novel or book or do some uh, deep dives on the web for uh, maybe, I don't know. What, what sort of things is, is Terry up to? Uh, yeah. Um, Terry definitely more often than not is either tracking down uh, things to research or actually, you know, going over and researching the things that he's acquired. Um, so I'd say just for the sake of argument, yeah, he is like essentially curled up, you know, in a, in the library, uh, going through a couple tomes and like, you know, cross-referencing stuff, trying to do research on some what what it's i guess it's not really important what he's doing research on you know ultimately but he's researching some random thing that somebody higher up in the camarilla was curious about you know yeah yeah okay so um you're sitting there and you're reading a book about uh uh yeah it does it's not super important uh but something fun something weird something uh unusual probably Um, like you know cross-referencing like some official history book with like personal diaries of some soldier who was there you know and like you know saying like okay is this it, it was this you know artifact actually present during this battle or was it possible that it was at this other battle that they said it was used at you know to try and trace where it might have been lost basically sort of thing yeah yeah cool okay so um as you're there uh there's this uh, kind of like this cool breeze um kind of blows through the room uh there in the library and uh you kind of you sense more than see uh something walk into the room uh and like start to go through some of the books, like they get pulled out just a little bit, like somebody's trying to find the exact, you know, like uh, they won't know the name of the book by the title on the spine, but maybe they will by the front. So it gets pulled out just a little bit, tilted, put back. Next book gets pulled out a little bit, tilted, put back. But there's not there's not really anything there that you see that's doing this. Hmm. Sorry, I got to check what my disciplines were don't know where I put those because I thought I had them. There we go. I got to click on the button. I have heightened senses. I don't have that sense the unseen thing. I might have to just keep watching and see if I can, you know, like try to observe without being without whatever this thing is knowing that i've seen it you know to try and watch like if it takes something and where it's gonna go gotcha okay yeah so whatever this thing is um keeps looking through these books and i believe that this your haven has uh occult books that sort of thing right oh definitely so um, the books get pulled out, get pulled out, get pulled out. And, uh, and finally one of these books gets pulled out and it's called like, um, <laughs> what's, what's one of those ridiculous books from Ghostbusters? 
I mean, the one they always talk about is Tobin's Spirit Guide, but that's basically like a ghost encyclopedia. Yeah, let's go with Tobin's Spirit Guide. I like that idea. Yeah. So, um, the book gets pulled off the shelf, and you know it gets put on a nearby table. Cause like, uh, how is this place furnished? How is your library furnished? Is it got a whole bunch of stuff? Easy, uh, you know, plush chairs with like tables next to them for like reading. Is it like a what? What kind of is this focused on? Is it a casual reading library or is it like a uh, hardcore research library? I mean, this is this is an R R coterie, so I don't think it's got. I don't think we weren't having luxury furniture really <laughs> so like i think the shell the, like the shelving is probably like um uh i'm forgetting the i forget what it's called but it's like um they've got you know like the the opening they either have the opening like uh two doors with the glass in the front or they've got like a sliding um sort of curtain that you pull down in front of it you know to lock it when you're not using it yeah but like they're all it's all open most of them are open and unlocked right now because i'm going through a bunch of stuff but you know there, yeah there's not there's like functional chairs and several tables like i don't think it's folding it's not like ikea folding stuff it's probably a a well-worn wooden table or two you know that are like seen better days but are of sturdy construction and are level and then you've got you know some uh also you know well used swivel chairs probably honestly left over from like you know the last time the li uh, a library somewhere remodeled you know we got the old stuff nice yeah okay yeah so um, the book gets pulled out and, um, like pages start getting flipped through, uh, and it goes to the section on, uh, you know, gods and monsters, you know, sort of major demons. Um, and then once it gets to that section, it starts flipping through the pages one at a time. And, uh, halfway through, like turn, it turns a page and then like it starts rotating the book. And there's another giant gust of wind and the book slams closed. Uh, and uh, the book falls to the floor. And whatever that cold breeze was, is gone. I think I'm going to stand up and like, you know, just listen for a second, you know, observing. And then I'm going to go over and pick up the book and like, you know flip through it real quick to make sure none of the pages got damaged or anything when it fell down. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes. Okay. So there is a, um, one of the pages was damaged by the thing and it's, um, it's a section on, Something like the boogeyman or something like that, like real generic concept, but also uh, with a fair amount of 
um, research on, you know, is this an actual thing or a class of ghost or sort of thing. Uh, and then there's like, uh, you hear a whisper of it's coming. And then there's a God awful scream, like the sound of metal being ripped apart, um, coming from, uh, all around you. Okay. Dang. <laughs> is that like, it, like the walls are being torn apart or something or. Yeah, it, it certainly seems the way, like, the building itself is being uh, torn to pieces, but there's no, like, the glass is not rattling in the frame. Okay. Um, like, you know, the, the, nothing's falling off the shelves. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a supernatural sort of not quite in the real world thing. Okay, okay. Um, Adam, what is, what is your character doing on a typical Thursday night? Um, I want to say that they are probably at the front desk of the funeral parlor, flipping through probably a well-read novel or something that um looks like it's been gone through many times about some sort of esoteric subject that their sire probably a sign for them or something that they want him to read and he they're just wasting time waiting for the next customer to come in next customer at the funeral parlor yeah because i imagine it's not just your normal funeral parlor Uh, we're also really good at making bodies disappear for oh you're a crematorium people who might need that service DIY crematorium. That and and you know we can make we make them disappear without paperwork and any other trail that could lead back to you know where that body came from in the first place. Got it. Okay. Um. So let's see. What is let's you've got a new customer. Um. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh. So somebody walks in the front door, um, dragging a, uh, you know what, uh, a station wagon, like an old, um, like wood panel station wagon pulls out out front. Uh, and somebody gets out of the of driver's seat, leaves the driver's door open, interior lights on and everything goes around to the back, opens the, that kind of the, that wide swinging door that opens from one side of the other is supposed to up and down. Uh, and drags a no shit body bag out of the back seat. Just you know, grabs it, pulls it out. It thumps to the ground. Uh, and this person, who's uh, who's dressed like, um, uh, let's go with like stereotypical club going goth, uh, like a goth clubber sort of person. Clubber isn't the right word. Goth club kid. I am so old. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but like, uh, yeah, like I don't, I don't even know, like giant boots uh, and like ripped shirt and like piercings and like, uh, like uh, bleached mohawk sort of thing, uh, and she's dragging this uh, body bag behind her, and the body bag is like kicking and squirming, uh, and there is a padlock keeping the zipper shut, uh, and she drags the body in. Um, like drops it on the ground next to her and like looks at you and rings the bell. 
Uh, and I'm assuming they're not someone that I've seen here before. Not one of my regulars. They're not a regular. Yes. Who sent you here? Uh, let's see. Uh, what's what's a? Oh shit! I should have done that earlier. Um, the sheriff. Ah. Uh, uh. Well. Uh. You know, standard rates are going to apply here. Well, make sure that this uh never comes back to to light a day. <laughs> um. What what sort of payment do you take? Uh, do you demand like blood bags, or is it money or information? Ooh, um, like is it like do they have to bring you a book? I imagine we'll probably have various payment plans for vampires or people who have been referred by vampires. Be different than you know just your normal mobster. Like it'd be weird for your normal mobster to bring a bag of blood with them. So there's probably something, I mean, we probably have normal expenses, so they would just be paying with money. Uh, for vampires, it, I mean, trading in information sounds more interesting. Okay. Um, so uh, this person says, one second, goes out back to the car, opens the passenger side, gets out a manila folder, uh, and brings it back and drops it on the desk. It says, uh, Sheriff said I had to pay for this one. So it's not on his tab. Appreciate it. Uh, I'll just take the folder and put it under the counter and um, toss the body down the stairs towards the uh, laboratory. Uh, the body is complains all the way down the stairs. Just, you know, muffled shouts of, yeah. of displeasure and curses and various things. Yelled profanity, that sort of thing. Uh, well, it's a pleasure doing business for you. Same. I better go take uh, care of this. Please do. I'll be back. Not necessarily tonight, but maybe. Depends how good hunting is. Uh, best fortune for you. Thank you. Uh, and she yells like fuck you down the stairs <laughs> and then heads about back to the old beat up station wagon that dandy podcast is released under a creative commons 4.0 attribution non-commercial no derivatives license feel free to share with friends but don't cut anything out and don't sell our work please visit us at that dandypodcast.com or on twitch or youtube at that dandy podcast Intro music is The Witch's Journey by Augustine C. Outro music is Negative Ecstasy by Blue Sky Moon. Both are available on the Free Music Archive. Music by Augustine C. can also be found on Spotify and SoundCloud, while music by Blue Sky Moon can be found on Ketza.uk. Vampire the Masquerade was created by Mark Reinhagen and is a storyteller system game of the World of Darkness series published by White Wolf Publishing. All other copyrighted content is owned by its associated copyright holder.